and basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let's get right to it. Okay, folks. It is time for the Bob Ryan versus Kevin Durant. Oh no, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. I, I just couldn't. I, I just couldn't resist. Uh, uh, but this is the Ryan Goodman Tangway Along for the Ride podcast, uh, driven by our partners at Bet Online and also Athletic Greens. AG One, man, get healthy. Seventy-five high quality vitamins. More on those two wonderful products and services coming up. Okay, Bob. Uh, we all know that you were you were back on the front page again. Bob Ryan was back, uh, upset with Kevin Durant. Uh, what type of fallout did you receive? Because Jeff and I were seeing you everywhere, including the New York Post. How did you experience your criticism of Durant? I saw a tweet, one tweet, some that you know the next day or whatever, and then I saw a reference to the Post. I did not see that reference, and I made up my mind. Uh, you know, first of all, the, the overreaction is preposterous, you know, and the, and the idea that any writer uh, or any 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 of us in the media uh, would be, uh, above, you know, above speaking our honest feeling about somebody by using a, you know, a, a naughty word. All right. Uh, and, and, and this 2022 is, is ludicrous. It's idiotic. So I just said to myself, I'm not getting involved in this. I'm not fanning this flame. I'm not responding. I have launched a personal Twitter boycott. I will not look. I have not looked at Twitter in a week. I will not look at Twitter for another week, at least until I come back from Maine when I return next Friday, and then get back into the real world. I'm ignoring it. I, I know how. I know how these things go, and I don't want to get involved anymore. It's, uh, there's no point in me getting involved in this, which is it's so stupid. And uh, the only thing you know, so I'm I'm not fanning any flames. I got do nothing. You, I said Bob, it. Do you? I'm not backing down. All- all right, that's what I was going to ask you. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you at all regret using that word? Because thinking about it, um, and again, I've known Kevin for a long time. I've known him for a long time. So I almost felt like I was caught in the middle of it. And I know, and I've said it, Kevin has changed. He's not the same kid I knew. He's not the same guy I knew when he, he left for, for even Golden State. Um, but I I don't know. I mean, the, the word you use with him, I thought might have been going a little bit his, harsh. On his it. behavior lately falls in that category, in my opinion, and and I think any thinking person knows that and that follows basketball. Uh, his, his disgraceful behavior, assuming it's true, and there's no denials that it's not true that he tried. What, what are you more? Are you? Is it more about the fact that he basically, by all reports and accounts, that he said? Either it's me or Steve Nash and Sean Marks. Is that more of what you're upset about than anything else? That's not enough. Okay, I, I just hey, didn't know if it was and, more. And, and, and then the whole—he's never—he's never gotten over uh, the fallout from going to Golden State and the public fallout, and, and he's never right. gotten over it. And apparently, he never will get over it. And 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 um, I don't. And and we don't need the drama that he now brings to a situation with this team as it's presently constructed on the verge of doing something really, really good. They don't need him. And so in the majority, you know, the people I've talked to over the last week, you know, I went out last night, uh, met a bunch of, of, uh, of guys uh, for the first half of the football game, talking to them a little bit about it. And most people 
uh, side with you in terms of they would rather stick with what they have and and stick with Jalen Brown rather than taking a shot with KD? I admit to foolish naivete here in 2022 to think that having said that, that it would have that kind of repercussion, that that many people would. would th- really? I, 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 I admit to naivete. I still can't. It, it's I I never cease to be amazed by the the you know. The, it's because the- it's you, Bob. It's it's not. If it had been somebody else, it would be different. For people to hear that word out of your mouth, what, what I am I people, a, a saint? Yes, well, kind of. I, I mean, you kind yes, of are. Yes. But I mean, uh, I'm human, and I yes. speak like that. Well, well that, if that? I may interject for a moment, what I one of the good things about the way media has evolved is that you can be human. I mean, you can be. I mean, if you're on, you know, Comcast Sportsnet or Sports Final, you can't say that. But I think that because of the mediums that we use, people can be human and people can use real language. And I think it's great. And Bob, you're a Hall of Famer. I mean, listen, I know, but the people, the the reason people watch this, and it's certainly not because of me, and Jeff is certainly plugged in with this information, but they watch this because of you. And what I what I do think it illustrates, and we can move on from this, is that. Till the day you take your last breath, Bob Ryan, when he speaks about basketball, the world listens. That's just the way it is. All right. Well, okay. and then, and then we can move on. But but I, I have one question for Jeff. I have one question for Jeff, though. Jeff, did you talk to uh, uh, basketball insiders at all about this? I mean, how does how does um, the basketball world feel? Because I do know that you're plugged in more than Bob. Yeah. I mean, I, I yes, I talked to a few people that that felt like it was a little bit over. Uh, over what what should have been said, I, I think they felt like the word, the connotation of the word, was a little harsh for a guy again who certainly has done some things that we all scratch our head at, no right. doubt. Um, what do they but, think about but, the deal? Would they do the deal? Oh, okay. Would they do the deal? Uh, I actually talked to one uh, high level executive maybe two or three days ago, and he was like. I would do it in a heartbeat if I was the Celtics and get KD okay. in a heartbeat. Interesting. In a heartbeat. Okay. All right. Well, let's so put I it think, to bed. Let's I think put... it's split. Yeah. I think yeah. it's split. Yeah. yeah. I mean, let's put it to bed. And I don't think it's going away anytime soon. Um, but, uh, Bob, we love you. All right. Now, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to another thing. Now, the Donovan Mitchell trade uh, to Cleveland, which, I mean, just makes the East even more competitive and more exciting to watch. Uh, Laurie Markkanen goes, um, Colin Sexton, he gets a big deal out of that, a bunch of picks. Ochai. Uh, Ochai Baji, too. Yes, thank uh, you. Was big, um, was big for, for Ainge. Good young player out of Kansas. Okay, so Jeff, this is your neck of the woods here with these young guys. Who won this deal? Both teams. Both teams. Danny Ainge accomplished what he wanted to accomplish and, and got some young players and some picks and tradable assets. Uh, I expect him to move off Colin Sexton within a year. You know, he just signed an extension, I think. and But he's got a, a, a fairly reasonable contract that can be moved. Ochai is a really good young player. Marketing, skilled forward, young enough. You can move him. Um, and, and I love Cleveland, what they did. Kobe Altman and Mike Gansey, who were who running the Cavs, who took over a complete shit show. When, when they when they got that organization, Ooh, and careful. nobody thought they would survive. I know. I, got, I, I know. I know. I, a little profanity. <laughs> oh, Jeff Goodman, use the I gotta keep words. up with you. Oh my god! I gotta keep, I gotta keep up with Bob Ryan. Profanity, please. 
Bob, if you went to Boston College, you can't swear. Actually, uh, that word came into vogue, you know, uh, 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 on on CNN, the the commentator, the female, after the vice presidential debate, and she called it a S show. Yes. Dana Bash, she'll she'll take that to her grave. I know that. I love that word. I I have a question. Okay. My question on this is, there was a big commotion in New York and the New York papers about the Knicks blew it, quote unquote, or whatever. Right. All right, what was the Knicks? And you have, what is your overview on the the Knicks' chances of getting Donovan Mitchell? And did they, in fact, quote unquote, blow it? Just yeah, they blew it. Of course, they blew it. They should have had him. I mean, again, we've talked about this. Leon Rose was running CAA. Donovan Mitchell's agent is Ty Sullivan, who's from Boston, by the way, who works for who? CAA. His boss was Leon Rose. Um, yeah, th- this was all lined up for the Knicks. But I-, I think ultimately at the end of the, the the deal here, like Leon Rose did not want to be fleeced by Danny Ainge. And Danny Ainge's reputation now precedes him. And people are scared to deal with him because he's been on the, the you know, the, the, the advantage of so many deals uh, you, you don't want to, you know, if you're, if you're dealing with him, you don't want to give too much. And, and, you know, the Knicks got better with Brunson. This would have taken him to a different level. And and I just feel like, you know, they now know what Julius Randle is. Um, they just signed R.J. Barrett to a huge deal. And I like R.J. Barrett. I don't love him. He's not a great shooter. Um, I, I like him. I don't know if he's good enough. Like Brunson and Barrett as your one and two are not good enough to be anything better than, than you know, like a six, seven, eight seed mm-hmm. in, in the East. So mm-hmm. I like the trade for Cleveland. Bob, I think, again, I think Cleveland now becomes a, a fun team. to. I mean, think about what they have now. Their backcourt is Garland and Donovan Mitchell. That's yeah. two all-stars right there. Yeah, Evan Mobley is a potential all-star. Karis LeVert is still working his way back from the injury, but he doesn't have to be the old Karis LeVert. And Jared Allen is perfect with all those guys around him. Like, this is a really, really good Cleveland team. And I'm telling you, like, they're going to be fun to watch. They have a chance to get in that, like, top four of these this year. Have a chance. Yeah, no, I I like it. I like it. And Mitchell, his numbers are indisputable. Uh, He's he's not a one – He's not a one who can carry a team to an NBA title, but he's a one who can carry with Garland, who can carry a team to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Yeah, no, you know he, he, he can go out and get thirty any night. I mean, that's that. He's that kind of guy. He is that kind of guy. All right. Um, so you like, but you're all comfortable with Utah's direction. You know, they basically Utah, who never assembled that their window, such as it was, was never open very much, but it's shut for the foreseeable future. Shut. 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 And, and and by the time Danny Ainge, it, it's going to be similar to Boston, I think. You know, by the time <laughs> uh, the franchise gets going, Danny Ainge is going to be gone from Utah. He's going to be golfing full time by the time all his picks come to fruition yeah. and all these young guys that he ends up getting. And maybe he'll go the other route. Maybe he'll trade some of these picks for established players who could be happy in Utah. But I think ultimately – you know, he's playing this year to tank and try to get Victor Wembanyama or or uh, Scoot Henderson or Nick Smith or one of these guys. He's re- I mean, this the top of this draft, Bob, is yeah. sensational. Mm-hmm. Not good. It, it's really, really good with three or four guys that all might have been the number one pick in last year's draft. 
And you mentioned you made a quick allusion to Ogbai, but for people who don't realize what he might be, uh, you know, yeah. uh, he he could be a real, you know, yes. a real gem yep. down the road. He's going to be a good player. He's marking and solid, and again, you can move Sexton. So, like, they're going to stink this year, and and you know, Danny Ainge again. He, he, I think he he knew Donovan Mitchell was not going to be happy there. Yeah. So he was gonna he was gonna That's, at some point demand a trade. So why not get ahead of it before his trade value gets lower and lower and you have no leverage? You might as well do it now. I, I that makes perfect sense. Okay. All right. Good. This episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football is back, and BetOnline is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free concerts, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline, where the game starts. And Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens. What is the deal with AG1? You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and you can start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of these things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you're into paleo, <clears throat> vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, uh, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, uh, while you can still taste very good food. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. One scoop and a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com hoops. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hoops to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so Gallinari goes down originally playing this summer, and they think it's no big deal, right? Okay, he's going to be okay maybe by November. Well, then we learn there's more bad news. He has a tur- torn left ACL, so he's pretty much going to be gone for the season. Bob, what does this mean for the Celtics? Well, it's a disappointment, but it's not a critical catastrophe uh, necessarily for two reasons. Uh, uh, one is highly speculative. They think perhaps that they have an internal solution, and that would be Sam Hauser. I don't know how Jeff feels about Sam. We're going to find out. I'm not <laughs> sure myself. Yes, we are. Yes, but, we are. Oh, yeah, we are. Okay. <laughs> but, that's, but B, there are names out there, one of whom, if you had said to me two years ago, what do you think about getting Carmelo Anthony? I would have used an S word. Yes, you would have. Okay. I would no longer feel that way. He has been sufficiently humbled. He has proven that he can adapt to the circumstance. I wouldn't be averse if that's the path they chose to bringing him in with the understanding of what his role is going to be 
and that he would accommodate himself to that with this group uh, of, of fine players that I think he would respect. That's what I think. Now, there's another name out there, Lamarcus Aldridge. I don't know how you feel about him at this stage of his career. And there might be another name. There's possible solutions out there. That, and we'll see what happens. I would have liked to have had Gallinari, but even then we were all, it was all iffy. People were saying, if he's got something left in the tank, he know he can't guard anyway. I mean, it wasn't like it was the biggest, you know, it was that important. The important acquisition of the offseason was Malcolm Brogdon. Yes. Gallinari yes. Was, 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 was dessert. So uh, that's my take. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back a little bit and say I think it's more important that, that, than you're saying. Now, it, it may depend on who else they bring in, like you said. Uh, but Sam Hauser is, is not Gallinari. Uh, I don't know how many threes he's made in his uh, NBA career, but it, it is, uh, yeah, not, not very many compared to uh, Gallinari. And what well, of course. And, and that, that's the thing is like, it was like Grant Williams last year. Nobody respected him shooting the ball. Every every three he shot was uncontested. That it'll be the same thing with Hauser until he proves he can make them. But with Gallo, it was whether he's making them or not. You had to respect him. Yeah. You had to push up on him, which in turn helps Tatum, Jalen Brown have more space to operate. I, I do think this is going to be significant, especially if Brogdon doesn't shoot the ball like we think he's capable. Right. Like he's a good shooter, but he didn't shoot the ball well last year. He's got to get back to being a high 30s three point shooter. And then he can help spread the court and create that spacing, you know, that, and Grant, let's see if he can do it again. Yeah. Like he, it could be a one year deal here where people start guarding him a little bit more on the perimeter and he's not shooting. What did he shoot last year? 40% from three? Oh, he was, yeah. I mean, God, right. He- but whatever shot and 80% of that 40% was from that spot in the corner. Yes. And, you know, people can easily take that away if they want, you know, obviously they can. So that'll be interesting. All right. No, I, I, I would have liked to have had gone there. I was curious, but I was more curious than anything else. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. None of us were sure about it because of the age and, and wear and tear and all. And it, it, I'm, so I, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm almost hoping it's just for the hell of it. Carmelo. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm, I'm with do. you. And, you know, once upon a time, I, I subscribed to the old leopards can't change your spots theory because of it. But, you know, this leopard, I think he did. You, change. You know spot. what it is? Here, here's what it is with Carmelo. I don't know him like super well, but I know enough people who know him well. And I actually broke his commitment years ago from Fenway Park. I was covering a Red Sox game. <laughs> And before the game, sitting up in the stands, breaking Carmelo to Syracuse. Uh-huh. Nobody else in the stands at that point. But Carmelo is actually, when you talk to him and you're around him, he's super likable. Yes, yeah, I've told. Like, nobody, nobody really says a bad – you know, the problem with Carmelo was he was a black hole when he yeah. was the star and he never guarded anybody. But now, hey, Carmelo, go out there for 12 or 15 minutes and you know what? We need you to make shots. And yeah, we and, need and- you to be a weapon. And you get praised. You get rewarded for you know. You get you, you win a title. You get respected. You know. You, you're you know. Oh my God! No, it's a. It would be an yes. interesting circumstance. I'm 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 officially lobbying for it now. Yeah, I, I wonder what. I think it makes it better. I think it makes it better. There's no doubt. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if Brad, like if Brad will do it. I don't think Carmelo's like a, a tough locker room guy at all, and Eme's proven he can handle locker rooms already and you know figure things out so i i agree i would go lamarcus aldridge makes no sense to me i mean i guess he does 
I guess he does as a as another big. Yeah. But right now, my bigger issue would be finding another guy who can make shots. Yeah. Yeah. And right. and whether they're making them or not, teams have to guard him. They have to respect him. Right. And that's where Sam Hauser pr- does nothing for me in that regard. And I like Sam. I like him. Great sure. kid. Can shoot the ball. Has size. All of it. But no matter what Sam Hauser does, nobody's going to guard him. Like. He can make his threes, but we don't we don't have any confidence in the NBA that Sam Hauser is going to be able to make him consistent. No, we don't. It's a, a, okay. That's fair enough. I'm going to tee this up for Bob. Uh, this is where Jeff and I sit back and watch and admire the Hall of Fame class here. Ladies uh, uh, let me run it down here: Mano Ginobili, Tim Hardaway, Bob Huggins, George Carl, uh, Swin Cash, Lindsey Whalen, Marion Stanley, U Evans, the ref. Let me know if I've forgotten anybody, if there's a veterans committee member or something. And there's there. a couple of, of Negro League players and uh, in, uh, that, you know, I, I, Inman Jackson, who is credited with creating the magic circle for the Globe Charters, was his idea, supposedly. Okay. And uh, uh, punk, punk, no, no, Runt Pollen, I do not know anything about. Okay, so I know nothing, zero. I'm learning What's his about. name? What is Runt, the name? Runt R-U-N-T is his, I guess, yeah. I don't think that's on his birth certificate, but that's how he was known. <laughs> I hope not. I, I guess he was like five seven or five eight. He was a twenties player for the Trotters, okay? And and the yeah. so I, I don't know anything about him. I I just saw that thing there. Okay, let's let's start with the 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 best player, the one that I would have voted for were I on the committee, and that is Ginobili. I am he's one of my handful of favorite players of the last twenty five years. He is along with Paul Pierce. I said are the two players of their time who I can see projected back into the fifties playing the game of the fifties as well as the game of the two oh. thousands because yeah. they they both had moves counter moves. Um, uh, they could draw fouls. I remember one time about Pierce. I said he bamboozled his way to thirty points, and 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 Ginobili was the same kind of player. Plus, throw in the fact that they both could make threes. Ginobili was a just a wonderful basketball player. Period. I mean, a, a, a no doubt, no brainer, and of course, a champion, multi champion in Europe sure. and in America. A multi, yeah. a, a no brainer, unanimous choice. Blah blah blah. No, he walks into the Hall of Fame. You know. Uh, well, he, he euro steps in. You mean he euro steps? He, in. he euro steps in. All right. Yeah, yes. Okay. All right. But uh, but that's hardly uh, the only thing good about him. Okay. <laughs> So we, that's a no, that's a no brainer. Now we get to the older guys that came in by the various committees that that have been lo- overlooked. No, no. Can we can we go to? Well, I want to know if you think Tim Hardaway should be in. No, I would, I wouldn't have voted for Tim Hardaway. Me he's either. Me very, either. He's in the Hall of Very Good for me. Yeah, and, I agree. And, nor would I have voted for Lou Hudson. But let me tell you about Lou Hudson. Now maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm willing willing to admit I'm wrong about Hudson than I am about Hardaway. All right, uh, if I'm wrong, uh, Lou Hudson. Um, here's. This, now, I'm going to just say, what if I told you there was a guy who uh, had a 13-year career, averaged 20 points a game for his career, and had the following seven-year run of scoring in the middle of his career, 22, 25, 27, 25, 27, 25, and 22. You see, that's a pretty goddamn good player, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. He was a pretty good player. But somehow, I, he, his reputation was he wasn't a clutch player. Even though with all those points, they were they were they were harmless points, you know. And I, or, or, if you will, you know. And, and anyway, did he win anything? Did he no, win anything? Atlanta, no. Atlanta, right? Yeah, but they didn't win anything. They didn't win anything. He didn't win anything. He was a so he, so empty he was numbers. A, he was, he was an empty numbers guy. Yeah, that's what I think. 
And, and I don't think I, I think I wouldn't have voted for him. Now, Hardaway is an interesting case. I, I, I have to think about this. I, the numbers for people who don't know is that he averaged 17 points a game and eight assists for his career. Uh, he was he averaged over 25 times. Um, he, he was an all, uh, he was a first team all star once and a second team all star three times. And um, and, and, it, and he was but he's got a cachet. He goes down in history for having one of the great moves in NBA history, the crossover. And, and and that he's 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 attached along with Iverson. Those two guys get attached to the crossover dribble more than anybody, I think, in in history of the game. Uh, that's a nice little thing to have you. And let me just tell you about this about him. Oh, funny thing. Some uh, there was a writer who saw him play uh, in in the college prep, which was in Orlando in those days. The, you know, the, the preseason, you know, and, and they all went and 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 had not seen him play before and came away after watching his weird rotation on his jump shot he had a a very weird rotation and and he said that he had a quote unquote motherless child of a jump shot that you know who that was that was me you uh, you of course so it was you that was my introduction to the world for him is he has a motherless child of a jump shot but that motherless child went in quite a bit now don nelson after he coached him for a year or two said because of Tim Hardaway, I will never want to be without a great point guard, a point, a quality point guard again. He said he reminded me of what, I, what you need to have yeah. as a point guard. So maybe I would have, I don't know, it would have been borderline. Uh, that, that, so that's the case. Uh, that, that's uh, there. Now, one other guy I want to talk about quickly is Larry Costello. Now, Larry Costello is one of those people that we have in, in, in um, particularly in baseball and basketball, maybe even hockey, that they, their overall contribution when you combine their playing and their coaching makes them a, a significant figure in the history of the game. You know, oh, it's the uh, 74 bucks against the Celtics. I know that. Yeah. And in 71, he won a championship, uh, right. you know, with, with the bucks and, and uh, he had a, he had a run. Of course he did have a big guy that shot hook shots at times, but he had a run of 56, 66, 63, 60 and 59 wins over a five year stretch with the bucks. All right. Now here's the thing about Larry Costello as a player, as a player, he had 13 year career. He was a good, not great player. He was a, he was a, his, he was the fastest guy in the league. Okay, number really? one, number t- in the late fifties and early sixties, he was the fastest guy in the league. Number two, he's generally credited with being a last um, routinely reliable two hand set shooter, and um, that he still had it. That was part of his repertoire, and and he and he took it into the sixties, you know, which very few guys did. But he still was able to. So he's remembered for that amongst the old timers for having a two hand set. Although the last great two hand set shot ever in the history was by Sam Jones in game seven in 1966. And I can still hear Johnny most going from 40 feet away. But anyway, that's something else. Um, Larry, though, as a coach, let me tell you, I was on the kind of the ground, you know, that's my, when I started covering in 69 um, and, and Larry Costello was the first NBA coach who coach who brought NFL intensity and preparation to coaching in the NBA. He, he was the most uh, noted for preparation and intense. He had the thickest playbook in the league, although everybody kidded that he had the biggest, thickest playbook in the league. And the last option on every play was throw it to Kareem, you know. But <laughs> he also was the first coach to hire an assistant coach, Tom Nisaki. Tom Nisaki was the first full-time assistant coach in the NBA. He was an innovator in a sense. He brought, he brought NFL preparation to the NBA. Larry Costello deserves credit for that. He he transformed the idea of what a coaching uh, role should be in the NBA, and I don't think enough people realize that. Um, so uh, his overall contribution to the game of basketball is significant. I'm sorry it took so long. He's he's been he passed away a number of years ago. One of those sad posthumous ones. Now you have the floor on Huggy Bear. 
Listen, <laughs> I mean, he's a lightning rod. He is an absolute lightning rod among fans because obviously of how it ended in Cincinnati and the players he would bring in at Cincinnati, right? Second chance guys, you know, Steve Logan and uh, Kenyon Martin and probably would have won a title. If uh, Martin doesn't get, get hurt. hurt. Put him right. in the that year. Yeah, probably would have won one. But went to two Final Fours, one at Cincy, one at West Virginia, and, and that was one, too, where uh, Deshaun Butler gets hurt. And we remember, it's the image we'll always have, to me, for Bob Huggins, is this tough guy that everybody thinks is an asshole. And Deshaun Butler goes down with a, with, with a knee injury, and Huggy Bear is kneeling beside him, basically consoling him, uh, Butler's in tears, and you saw the human side. And I've gotten a chance to really know Bob Huggins over the years, and he's a different dude. But, man, you will not hear one person, one coach in the industry say a bad word about Bob Huggins on or off the record. Not one, Bob. He mm-hmm. is that well-liked in the industry. Even even moralistically about the, the graduation rate at Cincinnati, which was so – Doesn't well- matter. By, nope. By I'm just throwing no. it out here. Now, the respect, <laughs> the respect that Bob Huggins has among his peers is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now he's, a, he's a, for people who don't know, he's a son of a coach. He was a son of a, of a noted high school coach in Ohio, right? And and uh, he's a long, he's back at the alma mater, by the way, for people who don't know it at, at West Virginia. Uh, yeah, his solid coaching. He was, he was a great coach from Jump Street in high school and then into college. Uh, I will corroborate this. I don't know him. But the one night that I was in his company, uh, I, I was charmed by, and, and he was totally different than I expected. As is Frank Martin. Yeah, that, they're they're similar. As know, is that Frank whole Martin. Group, Andy Kennedy, they get a bad rap. The Andy Kennedy, Bob Huggins, Frank yeah. Martin, Brad Underwood, because they're tough as shit. Yeah, they hold kids accountable. They're not going to change. They're going to speak their mind. Now, the one thing I'll say with Huggy, I'm I'm glad he got in now because. With NIL coming in, with the transfer portal being what it is, I think Huggins' days are going to be numbered and, and his retirement's going to be sped up because the game has changed. And I just – I don't think Huggins is going to have the patience to deal with all this shit. And, of course, he's a fashion trendsetter, so we want to see what he wears this weekend to his uh, enshrinement. Will be. Are you going? Are you going? Uh, I'm not going uh, this yeah, year. Uh, I'm not either. I'm not going. Uh, I, I don't have a compelling personal reason to go. I usually yeah. do. Yeah. Uh, I, the only the closest thing I would have would be honoring the memory of Larry Costello, who I didn't know a little bit, yeah. and um, uh, and and saluting Ginobili, who I always had this fantasy. Uh, not you know always, but I often thought about how cool it would be to go to his hometown, Bahia Blanca, and see the how he grew up. Very and, cool. And how yeah. you know and and uh, because I just love his game so much, and that and um, you know anyway. Uh, by the way, uh, did you see who limped off the court in Eurobasket last night? Giannis. Yeah, Giannis. Not uh, bad. They said not bad, but you know, he didn't limp off the court anyway. Now, I mean, uh, that's the that's the issue with all these guys playing. In, I mean, again, Gallinari, we saw it, of course, well, but but they yeah. want to do it. It's their country. They, they I, like, I love the fact that they all do it because oh, the pride too. they have, Luca, every all of them. I mean, sure, they all do it. the best I, ones. Okay. So anyway, now back, but I just stated, yeah. Huggy is a hell of a coach. Yeah. 
That's a show. and he's got a discernible style. You know, a Huggins team, a, a typical Huggins team, is going to yep. be on your ass. They are yes. going to you. You are going to you're going to have your tongue hanging out at the end of the game, win or lose, because they're going to make you work, right? And, and we'll say this: so there was one night at the Peach Jam where uh, Huggy and Andy Kennedy and Frank Martin held court outside of a, a, a restaurant bar till probably three in the morning. And I just sat there, Bob. I didn't say a word yeah. the entire night. All I did was listen to these stories, most of which I cannot repeat. <laughs> um, but it was it was amazing. I mean, again, honestly, if yeah. I was here's what I would say: if I was to write a book, which I, I want to at some point here when things slow down a little bit more, I want to write a book, and and I've I've tried to find a compelling topic that I would love to do a book with because. You know you've written books. If you don't have that, you're not going to make it through the book. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. That's what I've always been told. Like, you better you better love it or else you're not going to finish it or it's going to oh, be a limp to the great. Um, I'm blessed that in the, as we speak, I have a certain – I have that circumstance. The book yeah. that I have out in bed, what Bill Chuck and I have done on baseball, with my score books of 44 years, was fun from yeah. – you know, you need that. That's a word. That's a word that is seldom, if ever, used by authors at any time. The writing process sucks as a rule. I said it's like having a giant term paper hanging over your head every day. But this was different. So I wish you the best that you can find that kind of project. Well, Huggins, Huggins would be the guy. I mean, if he, <laughs> the stories. Oh, think yeah. about how easy it would be, honestly, to write it in a way because he has so many great stories, and even. His background, everything, the, the perception of him. Now he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Huggins would be, I don't know how well it would sell, but it'd be <laughs> a hell of a book to write. Right. So, okay, always congratulate. We offer our congratulations to them all. The women, Lindsey Whalen and Teresa uh, Shank Gretz. George Carl. George Carl. And George, that's why. Oh, yeah, George. I'm so happy about George, too. I love George Carl. And, and, will, George, and, will George be, the, the big question is, um, how much weed will George uh, have, have smoked uh, when, when he goes up and, and, and delivers his acceptance? I'm sure he'll be a good boy. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> just, a couple of, just a couple I'm, of gummies to get a little. I'm happy. <laughs> but I'm happy for George. George, George Me too. Yeah, so that's yeah. good. That's, Gentlemen, uh, always wait. a pleasure. Uh, thank you again. Uh, Bob, until next time, are you going back to Maine? I'm going, I'm going back to greater Mexico. Uh, after I have something to do today, I'll be back in greater Mexico tonight and I'll be back. Uh, you know, I can be turning next Friday uh, to, uh, you know, go to well, next week may be tough then. I'm, 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 I'm headed out to Bloomington, Indiana well, for the huge, listen, the huge Indiana, Western Kentucky football game for parents weekend. Huge uh, game. <laughs> the big game. The Hilltoppers. My, 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 goal, my goal is to meet Bob Ryan at Dick's Lunch in my hometown someday. All right. That'll be great. And, and just watch the whole town just go bananas. Uh, not All what? All 42 of them? 43. All right. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it, Bob. See you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Okay.